0: 3, Here we go Broadcasting to the four corners of the conservative universe It's the Matlock Show He loves all things conservative politics And if there's a microphone nearby You can bet he'll be the one beating the left over the head with it And now, a true original The Common
1: Sense Conservative Here's your host, Matlock Elijah Cummings, House Democrat who represented Baltimore for more than two decades, was a vocal critic of President Donald Trump, died early Thursday after battling health problems. His office and family said, I woke up this morning um, right around 7 a.m. I uh, check my phone every morning when I get up, of course, and I had received a news text. Of this information, Cummings, who was 68 years old, died at Gilchrist Hospice Care, a John Hopkins affiliate as chairman of the House Oversight and Reform Committee. He was one of the most powerful Democrats in Washington and played a key role in the House Democrats' ongoing efforts to impeach Trump. Um, My heart goes out to his family. I will say that this morning. You never want to see anyone pass away. Life is so fragile. It's so fleeting. You don't want to ever see it. But I got to say some stuff here as I start this show today. If you know you're sick, if you've been in hospice care for a while, shouldn't you step down? I mean, seriously, shouldn't you step down he died at hospice care. That didn't mean he just went in there yesterday now I'm not a doctor I'm not a nurse and I'm not here to stomp on the on the bones of one Elijah Cummings. I didn't like the dude guy was a a, a jerkweed. He was a Democrat. He was a moron. He robbed Baltimore. We know all about Scott Pressler and cleaning it up in the hub blue that went on with that. We know that he was, you know, he had $10 million of paintings in his house and all that crap. So, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't sit here and celebrate his death, but don't you ever get tired? Don't you ever get tired of watching these politicians not step down? He was sick. He was deathly sick. He died. He died at hospice care. And you know, the crazy thing is he's been sick for a while. Cummings office said in a brief statement that he died due to complications concerning long-standing health challenges. For those of you in Flint, Indiana, long-standing means a long time, not just yesterday. So how long has he not been doing his job and we've been paying him? I'm sorry that he died. I really am. I truly, I truly pray for his family. I'm sure he's got children and a wife. You know, I get it. and I'm sorry for that. But if you've had longstanding health challenges and has been in ill health for the past few years, navigating the Capitol in a motorized cart and using a walker, step down. Step down. Come on. We sit here and we pay these politicians and they die in office. They die in office. And here we are. And, of course, the president did what the president should do. He put out a tweet. President Trump, my warmest condolences to the family and many friends of Congressman Elijah Cummings. I got to see firsthand the strength, passion, and wisdom of this highly respected political leader. His work and voice on so many fronts will be very hard, if not impossible, to replace. No, it won't. No, it won't. No, it won't. I know Donald had to say that. I know the president had to say that. I don't have to. I don't have to say that. Like I said, I'm sorry that he's dead. I'm not sorry that he's gone from Congress. He was a moron. He was completely robbing Baltimore blind. And he had $10 million of art in his home. Where did the money go? Baltimore's a crap hole. Where did it go? And then here's what pisses me off about all of this. Quote, he worked until his last breath. Because he believed our democracy was the highest and best expression of our collective humanity. His wife, Maya Rocky Moore Cummings, said Thursday. "Um, No, he worked till his last breath to make sure things were put in place for the rest of his family. For all the underhanding dealings he's made in Congress. Sorry, but not sorry. These people are unbelievable. I mean, this is what's going to happen with Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer, Steny Hoyer. All these people are going to die in office. And we just continue to pay. We just continue to pay. Cummings did not return to work after an undisclosed medical procedure that he said would only keep him away for about a week. And that he reported that Cummings had heart surgery in 17, 2017 and a bacterial infection in his knee. Cummings was known for driving himself back and forth from Baltimore and Washington, sometimes multiple times a day, to make committee hearings, floor votes, and attend to issues in his district. Yeah. Oh my goodness. So Elijah Cummings is dead, sixty-eight. Don't he, he was ill. Don't don't know what from. They don't say he had multiple maladies. I like once again. I, I feel bad for his for his family. It, it, it's sad. I'm glad he's gone. I'm glad he's gone out of Congress. Not dead. I'm glad he's gone out of Congress. He won't be replaced by anybody that gives a damn. He won't be replaced by anybody that has any character or wants to take care of Baltimore. They'll just want to turn that thing into a sewer and keep, you know, keep stealing money from it. But there it is. All right. Welcome into the Matlock Show. Oh, it's going to be a crazy Thursday. Welcome in. Matlock, your host. So glad you're along for the ride. This segment's brought to you by Scars and Stripes Coffee. Head over to the matlockshow.com, L-O-C-K-E. I've got a link over there on my website. You can link right through the Scars and Stripes webpage and go buy you some great coffee because it empowers veterans. It gives them it, it gives them the ability to own their own business. So Scars and Stripes has come out with this e commerce platform that when you buy every bag of coffee, it will it, it it's the business unit for a veteran. It empowers them. They're in small groups. They work to meet their goals. They have group leaders. It's structure. It helps these men and women who come back from theater, who are done serving their country. It gives them a mission. Plus, you get great coffee. I mean, you get great coffee. I drink it every morning. It's fantastic. It tastes great. They've done a great job. They're growing by leaps and bounds. Big things are coming. You want to get over there and check them out, scarsandstripescoffee.com, or hit the link on my webpage, thematlockshow.com. Get over there and power a veteran today. All right. I got lots to talk about today. I'm fired up. By the way, it's Thursday. I'm covering the Trump rally tonight for America's Voice News. That's at uh, 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Central, for those of you who live in the great state of Texas. And I will be covering it. I will be, uh, I believe, the lead anchor on this tonight for the Trump rally for America's Voice News. So you can tune in on wherever you can find America's Voice, on your iOS, your Android phone, on your Roku, YouTube, Facebook, uh, Amazon Fire Stick, Apple TV. We're found in a lot of places, so go check it out. But the, the, the line, I'm, I'm watching the local news last night, and the line last night was blocks long. So I was talking to Chris X, my good buddy. I'm going to try to be on his program this afternoon as well, the Chris X radio show on KSEV, the voice of Houston, down there in in Houston, uh, Texas, uh, to give him some updates on the show. So you're going to want to tune into uh, Chris X's show today. Uh, I don't know when because I'm, I'm leaving right after my television show and I'm driving to downtown Dallas to start my duties there. But I will try to give Chris uh, uh, 10 minutes somewhere. But uh, they were lined up around the block last night. Last night. 24 hours before. So Chris and I were talking, and he's like, how many people do you think are going to be there? I said, well, you know, the arena holds 20,000 people itself. So you've got that. They clear out the floor, so there's no basketball court, no hockey, because that's where the Mavericks and the Stars play. And, oh, yesterday, I I mispronounced the name of the arena. It is actually the American Airlines Center, not arena. The American Airlines Arena, I'm told, is in Florida. Thank you. I I didn't realize that. I just figured, you know, it's in Dallas, Texas. It's at the American Airlines Center. I just figured everybody knew where that was at, but I was wrong. And when I'm wrong, I'll tell you I'm wrong. And I was wrong. So it is the American Airlines Center. But I was watching uh, the news last night and people are lined up around the block. So Chris Chris X asked me, he says, How many people do you think are going to be there? I said, Well, you know, holds 20K. They'll put another 2,000 on the floor. So you're going to have at least. 22 inside probably and I will bet you if I had to bet Dallas Fort Worth is a big Metroplex eight million people in the Dallas Fort Worth Metroplex if I had to bet in Fort Worth is very red it's where I'm at Dallas is very blue but if I had to bet I'd bet there I'll bet there'd be a hundred thousand people there today inside now I would not be surprised if 50 to 75,000 people were outside. I don't know if they're setting up TVs. I don't know what's going on for that deal, but you're going to have people outside of that facility today. I can guarantee you that. It's going to be a party. And of course, like I said, you got 8 million, 8 million people here. So it'll be interesting to see. Um, today's weather, just so we know, it's going to be nice. A uh, high of about 77 degrees today, so it's going to be pleasant. It isn't going to be overly hot. Uh, no chance of rain with about a five mile an hour breeze. So I mean, it's going to be beautiful. And at the time he speaks, it's going to be 71 degrees at 7 p.m. So I mean, wow! That that's that's shorts and t-shirt weather right there, baby. Um, I got to wear my seat jacket button up. I'll look good, though. I'll do my hair for you. I'll look good. But I'm covering that tonight starting, I don't know, probably sometime around uh, 4 or 5 o'clock Eastern. So you're going to want to pay attention to that. All right. Yesterday, yesterday, Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer, and Steny Hoyer. So yesterday, there was supposed to be a meeting at the White House with Trump over this Syria-Turkey issue. And and I'm going to tell you, like I said before, I believe Trump's doing the right thing. I've got my detractors. I got people who want to argue with me. I really don't care. It's my opinion. I'm not going to argue with them. I'm not saying that their opinions aren't valid or right. I just believe I don't have as much information as the president. That's the information I'm going on. I'm not a foreign policy expert. Neither are they. Saying. I don't know that much about foreign policy. I will be the first to admit it to you. But I do know this. I, like you, and most Americans in this country, I believe you believe like I do, I'm tired of the endless wars that are costing us precious American blood for what? I mean, why are we in Syria? Seriously. does Can anybody tell me why we're there? What 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 does Syria have to do with America? We're not being attacked on our homeland. Uh, we got plenty of oil over here now. We're becoming energy independent. You know, why are we in Syria? I mean, everybody's like, oh, we need to help the Kurds. We, we made a promise. Oh, okay. I'll take that tack. Maybe we do need to help the Kurds. Maybe the Kurds have been great allies over there. What do we need to help the Kurds do to nation build Syria, to guard prisoners, to change the government? What do we need to do? Because I'm I'm, I'm with the president on this one. You know, why are we there? Can, can we ask the question? And yet all these liberals, this is what I'm amazed about. I'm not surprised at the Republicans. Republicans like war. They do. Th- these repu- Lindsey Graham, you know, I'm going to be a thorn in Trump's side. I'm going to be his worst nightmare. Blah, 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 blah. But he can't even investigate the Democrats. Guy's an empty suit. I've never been a Lindsey Graham fan. I mean, he finally found his balls after McCain died. I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. I could, I could like this guy for a minute. Like, I, I like what he's doing with Kavanaugh. And then we, we see this. Well, I'm going to be President Trump's worst nightmare when it comes to Syria. Why? Why are we there? I mean, you know, and I'll debate with you. You know, I'll have a debate with you. I don't care. I, I don't, you know, look, this is my opinion. It's one man's opinion. Could be right. It could be wrong. I don't know. It's an opinion. Like I said, I don't have all of the information that President Trump has. But the Dems, I want to get to the story because I find this just, it's a setup. And I'm going to tell you why today. So... All these Democrats, Senate Minority Leader Chuck Schumer, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi, and House House Majority Leader Steny Hoyer, announced at a news conference outside the White House on Wednesday that they had just walked out of a meeting with President Trump on Syria policy after he apparently called Pelosi either a third-rate politician or a third-grade politician and angrily suggested the Democrats probably appreciated communist Islamic State terrorists in the Middle East. Okay, let us let, tackle this, okay? Because this is this is the the premise, right? Well, first of all, Nancy Pelosi is a third rate politician. She's a hack. Uh, yeah, we can. I I think America's cheering. Uh, I, I'm going to tell you, political theater here. This is nothing more than political theater, and I'm going to tell you why. You got the impeachment thing going on. What happened the other day? You know what happened the other day? There, there, there's not going to be any vote breaking news breaking news not going to be any vote i'm watching this morning on the news oh we don't have to vote we're all on record on it no you're not you're not on record for anything you crazy democrats oh the guy's like well we're on record for wanting to have impeachment yeah have, have you voted on it oh well no 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 then you're not on record you're not on record you didn't vote it's very easy to go out there to the the news media and say you're going to do something. It's when the rubber meets the road that you actually have to vote on something is when you are held accountable and have voted and are, are accountable for something, right? So stop telling me you've already voted on it. You have it. You have not voted on it, liberals. You're, you're running a sham investigation against the president. And then you walk your happy asses up to the White House and you do this little political theater because what do you want to do? You can't impeach the guy because you don't have the votes. You can't beat him at the ballot box because you suck. So what are you going to do? You're going to tell the world he's mentally sick. There you are. He's deranged. He's off his rocker. He's crazy. He's calling me a third-rate politician. Well, you are. You are a third-rate politician. You're a hack. You're probably a drunk. Hell, half the time you can't speak. Yeah, I'm saying it. I'll call your dumb ass out. It's about time somebody did. These liberals are so <laughs> what, what what do I want to? What's the word I want to use? They're 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 so I don't know what the word I'm looking for. It irritates me. I'm so irritated right now. They're so used to getting away with what they've been doing. They're comfortable. Maybe that was the word. They're comfortable in what they do because their playbook has always worked. Their playbook has always worked. They've done whatever they wanted up on Capitol Hill. They get away with it, and the Republican president or the Republican side kind of slinks away and says, yeah, 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 you're right. Well, now someone's standing up against them, someone's standing up saying, you know, we're not going to let you do that anymore, and they're out crying in front of a damn camera because that's what they do. They're a bunch of whiny bitches what they are. That's who we have leading this country. I've got another story coming up here. It just irritates the shit out of me. I've got another thing up here about the the United States, um, the US Mexico Canada agreement. I'm going to talk about that in a little bit because it's, it's crazy. The Congress won't do their damn job. They're too worried about running to a camera and crying about what's happening. And you know what? If the truth hurts if you're not doing your job and you're a third-rate politician, then you ought to get off your ass and do something. You know, maybe do your job. Maybe actually do something instead of resist, resist, resist. That's all you've done. All you, the, the, the Democrat Party has spent three years trying to impeach a duly elected president of the United States. That's all they've done. All, that's their own accomplishment. Tell me something they've passed. And the law's be like, well, the right won't let us do our job. We want to change this country into a third world nation. We want socialism. We want this. But the right won't. It's the right's fault. It's both of your faults. Nobody's doing their job. We pay you big money. We pay you good money. And they're like, well, Alexander casio cortez Well, it's not enough money. Uh, how can anybody live on 175000 Oh, but how? $175,000 a year. What are you doing? Not a damn thing. You're up there doing busy work. You're up there looking like you do something. But what are you doing in the end? Not a damn thing. And then you go boo-hoo to a camera because you want to tell the nation that the president is mentally ill. You know what the president does? He pulls out his big old, oh, I can't say that. <laughs> Ooh. Um, he brought out his big stick. I think it's funny. So I'm sitting there last night. I'm doing show prep. And all of a sudden, I start seeing all these text, or these tweets come across from President Trump. And I'm like, what the hell is going on here? Because I saw the press conference. I saw the boo-hoo, boo-hoo. Oh, Trump called me names, blah, blah, blah. I pray for the president all the time. And I tell him that I pray for his safety and that of his family, Now we have to pray for his health. Because this was a serious meltdown on the part of the president, and I thought to myself, "When when are we going to learn the truth?" You know, because there's always three sides to the truth: your side, their side, and what actually the truth is. So it didn't take long; it it, it didn't take long. I saw this, you know. And I want you to look about this because this was a very serious meltdown. Mental health—they're trying to set up the president as as mental health, you know. They're they're, they're trying to tell you that he's crazy, that he's unfit to be president. We've got this turkey thing going on right now where they're all pissed off, you know, blah, blah, blah. Trump's got to release a freaking letter to Erdogan to tell them what he said. It is none of your damn business what Trump said to Erdogan. And you know what? If you want to change something, you dumb asses, why not do a war resolution instead of just voting? Oh, they voted yesterday. I don't know if you saw this or not. They brought their little sheet out. Well, we voted 342 to, to ninety-eight or whatever to tell the president we're severely unhappy with him. Oh, okay. What, what did that accomplish? What, what, what did that do? You're have a co-equal branch of the government. How about you do a resolution saying blah, blah, blah. But I want you to think about that for a second. Here we have the freaking Congress. Here we have our government saying uh, we want our young men at war. I mean, that's what they're saying, right? They're literally voting on saying we want to keep our young men and women, our great people of the of the military, in harm's way. We don't believe President Trump should 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 pull them out of harm's way. That's what they're saying. I don't. I'm not making this up. I'm just telling you what I know. And, and they're like, oh poor Syria, oh poor Kurds, oh poor this. When was it up? For, when was it up to us to fight those battles? I mean, I, I know we've done it forever. We've been the world's policemen. When, when did we decide that was okay? And of course, every, every political cycle. What does the left say? We got to get out of these endless wars. We got to get out of these endless wars. Tulsi Gabbard said it the other day, you know, at the debate on, on, on Wednesday or Tuesday night. We got to get out of these endless wars. I agree with her. Let's get out of these endless wars. And then what do they do? They all run and they vote and they say, no, 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 President Trump. You got to stay there. (sighs) I mean, these are the times we live in. I mean, these are the times we live in. So anyway, I'm sitting there. I watch this little boohoo fest from the Democrats who come out and say that the uh, president's unhinged. And then what happens 15, 20 minutes later? Pictures start coming out on President Trump's Twitter feed. I mean, it, it is the most amazing thing I've ever seen. And I even responded, I responded to them on on my timeline. Because I, I'm going to tell you, we, we we have a president that has the biggest balls you're ever going to see. And I said that. I, I, I'm laughing my ass off last night. Watching real Donald Trump. Here, here's a tweet I put last night. I'm laughing my ass off right now watching at real Donald Trump put these third-rate politicians in their place. They are furious and out of their minds because no one has ever done this to them before. I mean, Trump put a picture up it with with Schumer scowling. Nancy Pelosi's in, I don't know, a stupor. And Steiny Hoyer looks like he's close to death like Elijah Cummings just did. And he says, do you think they like me? Hell no, they don't like you. And that is fantastic. They shouldn't like you. This is so ridiculous. And Trump is completely destroying them. They do not have a platform to stand on. Well, President Trump, the the Congress says you got to keep our men and women in Turkey, in in Syria. You got to keep them in the line of fire. But we're tired of endless wars. Which one is it? (laughs) So, next tweet. Donald Trump says, nervous Nancy's unhinged meltdown. And it's the big conference table. They're all sitting there. You got Trump and McCarthy all sitting on one side and the Dems on the other. They're facing each other. Nancy Pelosi standing up. She's pointing a finger. She looks like she's angry. And you know, the whole story was, well, the president had a meltdown. (sighs) Did he? I'm, I'm sick of this stuff. You know, it's funny. And now we know, now we know why Trump takes to Twitter. Let me. I, I, I want you to listen to this. This is the way the press said it went down. He, the, the press says, here, here's the remarks. It says a senior Democratic aide, senior Democratic aide, told Fox News that Trump began the meeting, which was called by the White House, by remarking that someone wanted this meeting, so I agreed to it. Trump also reportedly told Pelosi, I hate ISIS more than you do, prompting Pelosi to respond, you don't know that. Really? Trump then remarked, according to this Democratic aide, uh, President Obama drew a red line in the sand in Syria. In my opinion, you are a third grade politician. Schumer told reporters he heard Trump use the the term third rate, which would be what I would think, third rate, not third grade politician, but Pelosi forcefully reminded Trump that the House had recently overwhelmingly voted to condemn his policy. Yeah, but you didn't do any damn thing about it. We, we took a vote in the Congress and we overwhelmingly voted to condemn you. Okay, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Cry baby. You're you going to take a vote on impeachment? No, because you don't have the freaking votes. Are you going to do anything? Hell no, you're not. So the source then then said that Trump made a big show of pointing pointing at a letter he had sent last week to Turkey's president. But the Democrats were unimpressed as the letter was sent after Trump effectively greenlit Turkey's invasion of Syria and apparently had no effect on curbing Turkey's aggression. As the Democrats walked out, Trump reportedly remarked, I'll see you at the polls. Another Democratic source familiar with the conversation said that Schumer started to read the president a quote from former Defense Secretary James Mattis from Sunday. And in this case, if we don't keep the pressure on, then ISIS will resurge. It's absolutely given that they will come back. According to the source, Trump cut Schumer off and responded that Mattis was the world's most overrated general. You know why. He wasn't tough enough. I captured ISIS. Mattis said it would take two years. I captured them in a month. Trump reportedly said fewer than 100 ISIS prisoners had escaped amid Turkish aggression and U.S. troop pullback in the Middle East and that the escapees were the least dangerous ones. Defense Secretary Mark Esper, according to the source, confirmed the president's number, but not that those terrorists were the least dangerous. I don't know that, Esper told Schumer, the source recounted. The meeting devolved into the president calling the speaker a name, the source said, knowing that Trump was quite nasty, so she stood up to go. She started to sit back down, but Hoyer got her to go. Pelosi and Hoyer walked out of the meeting. Okay. So here's let let, let me tell you a story here. I I I have worked in the corporate world for many years. That's what I did. I I was a sales guy for a big national corporation, big ag corporation out of of Colorado. And and quite frequently I would have to have meetings to where there might be eight or ten dealers. There might be a CEO or a CFO in that meeting, and I had to conduct these meetings. And I can tell you, it gets tense. You know, there, there, there's times in a meeting that you can get tense. It's a negotiation. That's what this is. I mean, if you really look at this, this is a business dealing or a negotiation of what is going on in Syria. So you're going to get tense. Both sides have their uh, their their issues. They they have their beliefs. They, they, they want to sit down and air them, and you do. And at some point, you try to come to a middle ground where you can both say, you know what? Yep, I'm okay with that. I'm comfortable with being here. See, the left are a bunch of bullies. The left, they, they, they've always gotten their way. So I'm going to tell you how I think this meeting went. I wasn't there, but let me tell you how I think this meeting went. The the Democrats called the meeting. Trump says, "Yep, I'm here. You called the meeting. You know that's what this this person is reporting on. Supposedly, you know, let's let's make sure. Yep, someone wanted this meeting, so I agreed to it. So there we are. Here we are, setting the stage. Trump is the leader of the free world. Like it, don't like it, don't care. And I want you to think about this for for just one minute. Think about what the Democratic Party." has put this president through with with not one iota of fact. I you think about it. Russia got him the election. He colluded. He obstructed. They've been investigating this president for three years and found nothing. If I'm the president of the United States, you called the meeting, I'm here, let's go. What do you want to talk about? That pissed the left off. Because the left, like it, don't like it, don't care. The Democratic Party... In Washington has never been treated this way they're fuming and I'll tell you what they did they went up to the house because they knew they had this vote on this on this little dinky do deal that means zero overwhelmingly voted to condemn his Syria policy okay you're not the president of the United States you know do, do a war resolution passed something in Congress that says, you know what, we don't agree with you, President Trump. Now, the, the Trump can veto it, and then it goes back to our government, and then you got to have a veto-proof deal, and it has to go to the Senate, which isn't going to get through, because it, it is what it is. But here we are with this little uh, Syria bull bull. I mean, you know, it's a condemnous Syria policy, so Trump says bring it on. So they huffed in there. The Democrats did. I'm setting the stage for you here. They huffed in there thinking they, they had the high road. They huffed into that meeting, well, you know, we've had this vote, you know, the House overwhelming, blah, 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 they don't like what you're doing in Syria, da, 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 you're going to do da, 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 no, I'm not. What? No, I'm not. I'm not doing any of that. I have the information. You don't. You go vote. You go do something. You put something in place, and you let me know, and you're done, but until then, I'm the president of the United States. I have the facts, and you're going to shut up because you're a third-rate politician. Bang. Now they're on the defensive. Trump is running this meeting. Trump has finally said, look what what Democrats, I'm in charge, not you. I'm in charge. I'm the big dog. I'm the president of the United States. I got elected president of the United States. I'm going to do the job the way I see. I've got my people who are telling me things that they're not telling you. I'm going to do what I see is best, and I'm going to pull our troops out of harm's way. Until you do something to make me change that, what else can I do for you? Mic drop. So now... I want you to think about that atmosphere. Because at this point, the Democrats are shell-shocked. I mean, you can tell it in these pictures. I mean, they're not they have never been treated this way. They have always been the one in control. They have always been the one that sets the rules. They have always been the driver of anything that happens in Washington, DC. And then along comes Donald Trump, and they're like, uh, 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 what do I do now? So what do they do? They stomp out of the meeting because they don't know how to negotiate. They don't know how to get any damn thing done. I mean, we've watched this now for years, almost three. They can't get anything done. They can't get anything done because they've been hit with an immovable force. That is the president of the United States, one Donald Trump. Thank you, Mr. President. And you know what? The president wants what's best for the country. The Democrats wants what's best for them. And they've never met this force before. And now they're like, uh, 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 what do I do? Uh, uh, I mean, they're shell-shocked. So what do they do? They run out of the meeting because they don't have the ability to negotiate. They don't have the ability to get the job done. That's the bottom line. So they have to retreat. They don't have a plan. They thought Trump was going to lay, I mean, I don't know what's wrong with these people. I mean, they've been around almost three years now. Trump isn't going to fall over. He ain't going to be no dead fish. He ain't going to sit there and take your beating. He ain't going to sit there and, and do what you want him to do. He's going to fight back. He's going to hit back, and he's going to fight for the country, and he doesn't give a shit what you think. And when you bring these little dinky do stuff and you know these little condemning of Syria policy, where's your resolution? I don't give a sh- I mean, the, the president doesn't give a shit. What the House says. He, does, he does, I don't blame him. Because not only are the Democrats Democrats over in the House, the Republicans are Democrats, most of them. I've said this before, and I'll say it again on this program. There in Capitol Hill, I gotta get a hold of Thomas Massey's people. I gotta get a hold of him and see what the hell he thinks. Because he's like the one guy I even trusts there. I will tell you about I would say 90% of Congress are, liber- are liberals. Even the Republicans. I bet I could count on, I don't know, three hands. How many people, how many Republicans are actually conservatives who actually care about this country? I mean, it's sad, but it's the truth. It's the glaring truth. I mean, it hits you right in the face. All right. So uh, I'm going to take a quick moment here. Head over to combatflipflops.com. Use Lock 25, CombatFlipFlops.com for Running Worse for Fighting. I know it's not flip-flop season. It is down here in Texas still. But you can get merchandise, all kinds of things over at CombatFlipFlops.com. They're fantastic people. Uh, they take that, some of that money and they, they educate Afghanistan women because they believe that education helps stop fighting. So if you head over to combatflipflops.com, use LOCK25, L-O-C-K-E, you'll save 25% off of anything on their website today. Do it now, combatflipflops.com. All right, so let's, let's hear the other side of this because, like I told you, there's three different truths, your truth, their truth, and what actually happened. So the president, according to Press Secretary Stephanie Grisham, the president was measured, factual, and decisive. While Speaker Pelosi's decision to walk out was baffling, but not surprising, she had no intention of listening or contributing to an important meeting on national security issues. While Democratic leaders chose to storm out and get in front of the cameras to whine, everybody else in the room chose to stay and work on behalf of this country. (laughs) Which is true. I mean, I'm more apt to believe that. I'm more apt to believe that story than anything else. Like I said, this was complete political theatrics. But uh, Donald Trump says Nancy Pelosi needs help fast. There's either something wrong with her upstairs or she just plain doesn't like our great country. She had a total meltdown in the White House today. It was very sad to watch. Pray for her. She is a very sick person. God, you got to love the president. He isn't going to take this sitting down. See, the left thought he's going to take this. The left is going to go in there. They were going to do their little theatrics. They were going to walk out in front of the camera and say, Trump is mentally ill. They can't impeach him. They can't beat him. So this is the third leg of trying to take the president out. This is all preordained. Don't think for a second this was not what was going to happen from the outset. And don't think for a second Trump didn't know it. That These games, these knuckleheads play in the politics they try to do, like I said, they're not used, the, the, the Democrats aren't used to not getting their way. So Trump, for his part, tweeted pictures of the meeting, which I've been talking about, including one showing Pelosi standing and pointing her finger at the president. Trump captioned the photo, Nervous Nancy's unhinged meltdown. Schumer, standing alongside Pelosi at the news conference outside the White House, claimed the, the, the discussions fell apart while the politicians were discussing the president's pullout from Syria. And that Trump had said that some of ISIS were communist and that might make you happy. It's just a zinger. You know, they love the communists. They've been trying to blame Trump for the communists for years. It's so funny. Um, Schumer's such a turd. I mean, these people are turds. You know, I don't even think they like America. Uh, Schumer added that the situation was appalling and that the president was insulting, particularly to the speaker. But he called her a third-rate politician. She is. He said that there were communists involved, and you guys might like that. This was not a dialogue. This was a diatribe, a nasty diatribe, not focused on the facts. Hoyer said the situation was unprecedented Hoyer says we are we were offended I'm sorry you're offended you little pussy grow a set Get in there and act like you love this country. See, everybody's, everybody's offended today. We, we we were offended by the fact that Donald Trump didn't lay didn't fall over and let us frame him. We're offended that Donald Trump won't go along with our plans to impeach him. We're offended that everything we've tried to do to this president doesn't work, so we're going to run to a camera and be offended about why we're offended and how we're offended of offended of offensive so we can be more offended than you were offended by us being offended. Idiots. I'm so sick of the word offended. Yeah. Grow a damn set. Seriously. You know what? Life sucks. Life's hard. Not everybody's going to agree with what you have to say. But you little babies, you're so used to getting your own way. Now we got to go put our bands of fire in our mouth out in front of the camera and tell all the mainstream media how mean and bad the Orange Man is. That's all this is. We're offended. We were offended deeply by his treatment of the Speaker of the House. Because now it's feminist. Now, she's a woman, I think. I mean, I don't know if anybody's checked in a while under the hood. I mean, she is kind of old and crusty and the oil's running dry. But just saying, I don't care if she's a woman. She's the Speaker of the House. You know, if you're going to play that card, uh, that's on you, not me. You know, I'm like Trump. I'm going to treat either a man or a woman in the same way, period. I don't care what your sex is. I'm in a meeting here. I love this country. I'm going to defend it with everything I have. I don't care what your sex is. But they're offended on how, how Pelosi was treated. But they're not offended about the way Pelosi treats Trump. You see, you notice that? You know, nobody nobody's worried or no one cares about how Pelosi treats Trump. It doesn't go that way. The argument doesn't swing that way. It only swings one way. So he says, we were offended deeply by his treatment of the speaker. Unfortunately, the meeting deteriorated into a diatribe. They got their talking point there. And very offensive accusations being made by the president of the United States. I have served with six presidents. That's too damn long. I have been in many, many meetings like this. Never have I seen a president treat so disrespectfully a co-equal branch of the government. Well, if you do your job, Stenny. If you'd actually do something and actually get something done, maybe you wouldn't be treated like a child that you are. Now, I have to tell you, this has been set up for, this has been in the works for a while. This whole theatrical deal put on yesterday by the Democrats. You want want to know why? I have an article in my stack I've been sitting on for probably a good week. And and the headline is, Juan Williams on impeachment battle, Trump is acting as an outlaw, huh? You don't think this is over a week ago? The Trump, administra- the Trump administration says it won't comply with House Democrats' impeachment inquiry as new reports claims the whistleblower has ties to a 2020 opponent. Amid the ongoing battle between President Trump and Democrats over the House impeachment inquiry, the Five addressed the continuing saga as well as former Vice President Joe Biden throwing his support behind impeaching the commander-in-chief. Co-host Juan Williams called Trump an outlaw and accused the president of using impeachments to stir up his supporters. He doesn't have to. I I saw, um, where was it? Um, uh, Seinfeld. The creator of Seinfeld. Uh, I saw that on Breitbart, I believe, last night, saying that uh, Trump supporters were fake, we, we don't exist, or we're bought. I mean, th- this is what these people think. They're 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 morons. They're 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 morons. You know, it's amazing because they actually believe this. They they literally believe the left believes that you and I are fake, that that we don't exist. That we must, here it is right here. Director Larry Charles, Trump rallies an illusion with paid, hypnotized audience. Hollywood writer, director Larry Charles issued a rallying call to the left on Wednesday and smeared the millions of Americans showing up at President Donald Trump's campaign rallies as paid and hypnotized. Interesting, because there's a rally tonight in Dallas. I'll be there for America's Voice News. I'm watching the news last night. I started the program with this. I'm watching the news last night. They're lined up around the block. Do you think they're paid? Maybe they're all hypnotized. Maybe they don't even know they're there. I mean, this is crazy. This this is wackadoodle crazy. Quote, Trump has never won a fair fight. Uh, yeah, 2016 wasn't fair at all. It was rigged for Hillary Clinton, and he still won. He says the base is down to 14 very loud people. Must be talking about me. I'm a loud person. I'm I'm happy to be one of those 14. The Seinfeld director's missive began. The rally goers are either paid or hypnotized. The whole thing is an illusion. Let's shatter this national hallucination and see what reality looks like again. Lock them up. This guy's crazy. But but this is the left today. Trump's an outlaw. We're paid and hypnotized. This this can't be real. It has to be AstroTurf. But you know what's not real? The support for the Democrat party. They just want free stuff. I mean, literally, that's that's all the Democrats are running on. We're going to give you free stuff. We're going to have free college, free healthcare, free this, free that. We got that money tree growing behind the White House. We're just going to give you free stuff. Those are the paid and hypnotized. I mean, think about it. it, Larry Charles just described the Democrat Party. But they're saying that it's Trump followers. But they have to. He he doesn't hide. You know, Mr. Charles doesn't hide his disdain for supporters of President Trump. In July, the Curb Your Enthusiasm producer compared Trump supporters to the violent pro-China mob that attacked peaceful pro-democracy protesters. Quote, After reading about armed, hashtag triad thugs, attacking pro-democracy protesters in hashtag Hong Kong, and the white supremacist Proud Boys MAGA people embracing violence here, I'm glad to see the left arming itself. This is war, Charles said, appearing to encourage the left to arm themselves for violence. You know, I want to talk about that for just a second, okay? Okay. Wait, before I do that, let me let, let me let me make sure I do this. Head over to PatriotMobile.com. PatriotMobile.com forward slash Matt. They're a fantastic American company right here in Texas. They give you a great cell phone plan and service, and they take a little bit of that money. You pay for this excellent product, and they support groups and institutions that you believe in. It's unbelievable. Susan B. Anthony list. The NRA, empower Texans, just to name a few. So you can vote with your dollars. If you're giving your money to big to, to big to big wireless, you're giving it to Planned Parenthood. You're giving it to the open borders crowd. You're giving it to the people that want to see America crumble. Head over to patriotmobile.com forward slash Matt. Patriotmobile.com forward slash Matt, and get your get, get your plan today. They're going to do a lot of things. I have a lot of, I have pull over there. So if you use patriotmobile.com forward slash Matt, you're going to get a lot of goodies. You should go check it out, patriotmobile.com forward slash Matt. All right. Um, This whole thing. I thought about starting, I thought about starting the show off today with this. And then Cummings died and I was kind of irritated. So I went that way. But we're at war. We, We seriously are. You can call it what you want, civil war, internet war, um, right and left, right and wrong, whatever you want to call it. We are currently at war. The left hates what this country was founded on. The left hates the fact that the Constitution limits what they can do. The left hates that you are now awake. You are in a slumber. We've been led by these globalist, knuckleheaded Republicans who weren't really Republicans. George W. Bush is, you know, those types of folks. The Mitt Romneys, the John McCains. You've been asleep. You know, the media has been picking our candidates now for 20, 30 years. Well, now you're awake. And now you know what's going on. And, And the really crazy thing to me. I want you to think about this as Larry Charles says that, you know, the left needs to arm themselves. Um, we have all the guns and by we, I mean, Patriots, I mean, conservatives that's why you're watching the Francis's and the Buddha gays and the swallow wells go out there and try to take your second amendment rights away. They know they know they can't control you as long as you have that firearm in your hands. They know it. And that's why, I mean, that's why the Second Amendment was written. Our founders were very, very smart men. They had just come from Britain, from from, from Great Britain, the, the king, oppression, uh, not being able to do what they wanted to do. They had just seen all this happen before from a very oppressive government who would not let them have their freedom. So what did they do? They overthrew them. And they knew the Second Amendment was a guarantee against that again. An armed populace could fight back against a tyrannical government. That's the Second Amendment. It's not for hunting. It's not for recreation. It's so that if the government tries to come after us, we have a means to protect ourselves and fight back. Because without guns... (laughs) You've got the Holocaust. You've got the killing fields. You've got Pol Pot. You've got Stalin. You've got Mao. You've got all these dictators that killed all of these people because why? They weren't able to fight back. Because I'm going to tell you right now, and I know a lot of you feel the same way I do, you will pry my firearms from my cold, dead hands. You literally will have to kill me to take them. And I'm not I'm not kidding. You know, a lot of people say that. I'm not kidding. You will have to kill me to take them. I will never give up my second amendment right. It's not my second amendment right was never was not given to me by my government. It was given to me by my creator. I have the right to protect my life, my family's life and my property. You will never take that from me the left. And if you want to talk about war, bring it on. We're ready. I'm not openly calling for a war. I, I would never like to see fighting. I'll go back to what I said about Turkey and Syria. We don't need to be over there spilling precious blood, and we don't need to be over here spilling precious blood. I don't want anybody to die. So don't take me don't don't get me wrong here. I'm not condoning violence. But at some point, the left keeps ginning this up saying, "You know what? We're going to encourage you to arm yourselves and and take to violence. We've got Antifa. I'm going down to that that rally today, people, they're, they're saying on the news Antifa might be there. We're watching these very angry mobs on the left, these dangerous mobs on the left starting to assault us. You, you got to protect yourself. But we are at a war. Trump is, we're in war. Trump is leading the way against the swamp. It may not look like it, but he is. I was listening to Rush Limbaugh yesterday just for a little bit. I was out running errands yesterday. I had a bunch of stuff to get done before today. And, you know, Rush was just beside himself. And and you can't blame him. I mean, I get angry too. I get angry too. And he was on a little bit of a tirade. You know, and I'm listening to him. and And he finally says, you know what? Here's the deal. You can't believe anything that the mainstream media is telling you. You can't believe anything coming out of the mainstream media. You just can't. You know, we look at Minnesota, which is blue. What, seventy-five, eighty thousand 80,000 people applied to get into that rally up in Minnesota. The revolution's here. I'm going to tell you today in Dallas, very blue Dallas, that there's going to be probably close to 100,000 people over there today. The The revolution's here. It's being led by President Trump. It's unbelievable. You want to go to war? Mount up. All right, guys. Head over to thematlockshow.com. thematlockshow.com, L O C K E. want you to click on that VerForever link. CBD oil. Got some aches and pains? Anxious? Got some headaches? Maybe some inflammation? Just don't feel good? Don't feel right? Got some achy joints? Verforever.com. My link is on my page, thematlockshow.com. If you'd head over there, that'd be fantastic. thematlockshow.com. L O C K E. You click on that. You can go check out the C B D oil. I mean, it's got all uh, the, the, the website's fantastic. It's got all the information, tells you all about it. I'm using the cream. Fantastic. We're, we're using the C B D oil for our dog, working really well. It works. It's a great price. You today, if you use Verve 25, V-E-R-V-E 25, you save 25% off if you're a reoccurring customer. If you're a first-time customer, here's what we do: Verve 50, V-E-R-V-E 50. Get you half price, 50% off. You order over $100, you'll get free shipping. What are you waiting on? Head over to thematlockshow.com, L-O-C-K-E, thematlockshow.com. Hit that ver Forever link. Get your CBD oil today. All right, last story here. I find this interesting because we saw all of the political theatrics that are going on at the White House yesterday. We so saw a little news conference. I, I explained to you my thoughts on the Democrats and the little whininess. And they've never been challenged and all that stuff. There's the word I was looking for, challenged. <laughs> See, it only took me 52 minutes to find the word. Sometimes words are hard. Um, I've got this article here. Uh, Peter Navarro. Peter Navarro is a senior White House advisor, and he's the director of the Office of Trade and Manufacturing. And now he's put out a video provided exclusively to Breitbart News, calling on House Speaker Nancy Pelosi to hold a vote in the House on the U.S.-Mexico-Canada trade agreement. Damn held a vote. I mean, uh, here we are, all the theatrics playing out at the White House, all the crybaby, oh, blah, 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 oh, I've never been treated this way. It's because you don't do your damn job. You don't do your damn job. You're not doing anything. Quote, the U.S.-Mexico-Canada agreement is far more important than any China deal, Navarro said. He says America has almost twice the amount of trade with Canada and Mexico than it does with China. But more importantly, the U.S. Exports, exports five times as many products to Mexico and Canada than it does to China, where trade is a one-way street moving in the wrong direction. There are only a few days left in the legislative calendar before the end of 2019, because, yeah, October is the fiscal end of the year is what happens here. Uh, If Nancy Pelosi fails to put the USMCA up for a vote this month, it will be a signal failure of our political process and an economic catastrophe. So here we are. We're watching all these theatrics play out with the left. We're watching the boo-hoos. We're watching the resistance. We're watching the impeachment. We're watching Adam Schiffer brains run around not doing anything. We're watching behind closed-door meetings. We're watching leaks. We're watching all this intrigue, but no one's doing their damn job. How long has it been since we talked about the U.S.-Mexico-Canada agreement? What, four or five months? I mean, it was like summertime. So let's say June. It's been four months what has the Congress done? Not a damn thing. <laughs> Nothing. And, and here's the kicker out of all this. Pelosi has also not scheduled any votes on it. <sighs> so right now, as you know, we've got the North American Free Trade Agreement, NAFTA, still in, in effect, that uh, George W. Bush and Bill Clinton ushered into being. You know, NAFTA was was a joke. It it, it was crazy. American working class lost significant jobs due to manufacturing moving overseas, especially to Mexico. Trump campaigned hard against NAFTA in 16, upsetting, here we go, the traditional partisan orthodoxy that Republicans were in favor of big trade deals like that while Democrats, close with big labor, were not. In doing so, Trump pulled a significant amount of blue collar working class lifelong Democrats over to vote for him, especially in America's Rust Belt, thereby winning states like Ohio, Wisconsin, Michigan, and Pennsylvania, and soaring into the White House with 306 electoral votes and victories in 30 and a half states. The I don't even have words for this. I mean, your job, your job is to pass bills is to do this to pass trade agreements and take care of the government but yet the left is so consumed by their hatred of this president they're more worried about their theatrics and political theater and all the bullshit that comes with it that they don't even do their jobs wake up america they're not working for you we have this trade that goes on with canada and mexico we've got all these businesses bringing their jobs back to the U S we've got repatriation of dollars. We've got a lowering of the corporate tax uh, bracket. We've got all of this business friendly stuff going on and what's happening. The Democrats are dragging their feet because they don't want America to succeed. They need America to fail. They need you to be dependent upon them and you can't be dependent upon them. If you're doing well, isn't that crazy? We have a Democratic Party that needs you needs you to fail. We have a party in this country that needs you to be miserable. What do you think about that? They don't care about you. They're not miserable. They're making millions. You've got Elijah Cummings working till his last breath, $10 million worth of paintings in his guest wing of his house on $175,000 a year salary. How do you think he got that money? They love the swamp. They love it. You know, it's funny, Charlie Kirk was at AmpFest, and part of his speech was, you know, all these politicians talk about the swamp. They all talk about how terrible the swamp is, how we got to clean it up, how miserable everybody is there, everything going on with the swamp, right? And then they come to Washington, D.C., and they act like it's a hot tub. And I said, wow, that's an amazing analogy. It's absolutely right. They cozy up with everybody and everything and all the money and all the interest and all the lobbyists, and they get fat and rich on your and I's back all the while they don't do shit for us. Isn't that amazing? They all should be fired, there should be term limits. There ought to be some kind of accountability, and Donald Trump comes along, tries to hold these idiots accountable, and they walk out of meetings, and they go cry in front of cameras. And they go act like the spoiled little bitches they are. And they all go act like, oh, wow, well, President Trump, he's me, he hurt my feelings. Oh, I'm so used to getting my way, he should just fall over. These people are crazy. But you know what? This is what we're fighting. You know, out of all of this, saying this program today, you know, the Democrats have shown us who they are. Seriously. I mean, we know exactly who the Democrat Party is. They're not for you. They're not for me. They're not for business. They're not for lower taxes. They're not for a booming economy. They're for a worldwide global governance. They're for socialism. They're for misery. They're for taking money from the rich and giving to the poor. They think they're Robin Hood. But really what they want to do is they want to take money from the rich and give it to them and their families like Hunter Biden and have all these things and sit on these boards and make all this money and do all this stuff and just sit there and say, look the other way. You, you say that nicer. These people are crazy. I, I, I can't even begin to explain to you what an, what an absolute, um, what's the word I'm looking for? What a disease they are on this country. And they're just hollowing it out. And then along comes President Trump. And he says, you know what? I'm going to put America first. I'm going to bring back businesses. I'm going to put more money in your pocket. I'm going to make your life better. I'm going to make your economy better. I'm going to make your 401ks better. I'm going to do trade deals. I'm going to get us out of endless wars. I'm going to do all this stuff. And what do the Democrats do? Oh, my God. And we get, oh, we got to impeach them. Because Donald Trump is showing you what the Democrats truly are. And what he's actually showing you is how much politicians actually don't do. That's what's happening today. He's showing you what these politicians don't do, how lazy they are, how corrupt they are, how they're not in it for you. I mean, that's what he's showing you. I I hope you got this show today. I I hope it helped. I mean, I put it out there today. I was irritated, but I'm tired. At some point, you gotta say enough is enough. How do you change it? I don't know, we keep going. I'm gonna keep going. I'm gonna keep preaching the gospel every day, the conservative gospel. I think there's a revolution at hand. I think we're getting closer. We're going to see. All right, guys, for today, the Matlock Show is out.
0: 30,